Hillary Clinton is about the weakest candidate the Democrats have ever put up. And now we have photo ID, and I think photo ID is going to make a little bit of a difference as well. Um, what did he just say? Not supposed to say that. Congressman. Not out loud. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you Yep Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast As heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. 98.7 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cozy Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. Minneapolis, St. Paul, AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org, streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, and Blanketing the Globe. Yes, five days a week on Radio Sputnik. Glad you could join us for another thrilling action-packed adventure that we call the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today. Another post-election show following uh, Wisconsin's primary on both the Republican and the Democratic side on Tuesday. And maybe if I have time, boy, I've got way more show than I have time for. So I hope you will tune in for tomorrow's broadcast because that'll be probably part two of today. Uh, In any event, uh, if I have time, uh, the mess that also happened on Election Day in my old hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, on Tuesday. Yes, there were local elections there, which are also very important and in which people were once again turned away without being able to vote because of terrible election officials who keep screwing up this thing (sighs) election after election after election. Sometimes it's an accident. Sometimes it's on purpose, as it was in Wisconsin yesterday. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, In any event, um, I hope uh, to cover all of that and maybe, if I'm lucky, uh, a chance to hear from you as well today a little bit later via via calls. If you like, you can queue up to join us on your public airwaves if I can get to those calls. Uh, If you've got a comment or a question today, my number will be 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK here live at our flagship uh, station in Los Angeles. Or you can reach me live via the Twitters, where I am the 
Brad blog. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, also coming up on the show will be Desi Doyen and our latest Green News report. How are you doing, Desi Doyen? <laughs> doing fine. All right. Thanks. You're holding it together, are you? Yes, After, it's just okay. a little, little busy news day. A That's busy. All. It is a busy news day. I know that, uh, and I, I won't give too much away here, but uh, in the uh, Green News report coming up, I know you've got uh, more of your completely... Uh, more of your completely fake pretend stories, uh, and I know it's completely fake and pretend, you know, about climate change and so forth, because the Keystone Pipeline sprung a leak. Impossible. They said it could never happen. It could never happen. And yet it did. What? 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 No, it didn't. It's fake. You made it up. Uh, also, <laughs> though, some uh, breaking news that uh, is not in time for our Green News report just before we go to air here. Uh, Don Blankenship, the Dark Lord of Coal... In West Virginia, uh, who has been on trial, uh, was was found guilty of a sadly just of a misdemeanor in the uh, but complicit in the deaths of what was it, 29 miners? Right. It was 29 miners who were killed in an explosion at the Upper Big Branch Mine in West Virginia in 2010. And uh, his sentencing was today, and in fact, uh, uh, he he received what is the maximum for what he was charged for. That's the good news. The bad news is the maximum for what he was charged for is uh, a misdemeanor and is just one year in prison. Right. He was uh, charged with conspiracy to violate mine safety laws, those same safety laws that had they been followed, those 29 miners would probably still be alive today. So but he good... only gets the one year yeah. maximum sentence. The good news, Don Blankenship is going to jail. The bad news, it's only for one year, uh, unless he figures out how to wriggle out of that as well. We will have more on that, I suspect. I know for certain in our next Green News report, uh, and as well in uh, uh, perhaps on tomorrow's broadcast, if we are lucky. All right, uh, to Wisconsin and what happened on Tuesday night in the primaries. I guess I'll do the Republicans first to get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> uh, Donald Cruz, uh, Donald Cruz, I see what I've already done. I've already combined Ted Cruz defeated Donald Trump, uh, by 13 points, uh, a huge victory up in the Badger state for Ted Cruz over Donald Trump. Maybe just maybe. Something is finally changing on the uh, Republican side at this point with that win in Wisconsin, reportedly for Ted Cruz. uh, I don't see how any of these uh, candidates uh, on the Republican side are going to end up with the required 1,237 delegates that they will need to avoid a contested uh, convention in Cleveland in July, uh, in any of it, so uh, just a huge mess ahead. Uh, Cruz declared victory quickly after uh, after the uh, the media also declared him the projected winner. Uh, and uh, so apologies in advance. This will be a very short clip, but apologies in advance because it's Ted Cruz. And I know some of uh, my listeners, uh, this may make their ears bleed. But in any event, he declared victory and uh, also said that any troubles within the party are now all but over. We are winning because we're uniting the Republican Party. Of the 17 candidates who started this race, a terrific, talented, dynamic field, five have now endorsed this campaign. When you toss in Senator Mike Lee and Mark Levin, 
We've got the full spectrum of the Republican Party coming together and uniting behind this campaign. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Senator uh, uh, Mark Lee, uh, or uh, Mike Lee and Mark Levin. Mark Levin is a, a right-wing radio host. If that party was any more united, there would be blood running in the streets by now. Are you kidding me, Ted Cruz? United? Uh, in any event, he declared Wisconsin a turning point in the GOP campaign before going on to offer a litany of the usual silly, r- ridiculous Republican Party uh, nonsense lines like uh, young people will, will, will have hope again because we'll bring young, uh, jobs back to America bring jobs back to America. We've had 73 straight months of private job growth in this country under this president. Don't tell Ted Cruz. Uh, Donald Trump did not speak at all yesterday other than in a statement that he issued, uh, essentially accusing the Republican Party of stealing the election for Ted Cruz. It was kind of amazing. I'll read you just part of it here. Donald J. Trump withstood the onslaught of the establishment yet again. Lion Ted Cruz had the governor of Wisconsin, many conservative talk radio show hosts and the entire party apparatus behind him. Not only was he propelled by the anti-Trump super PACs spending countless millions of dollars on false advertising against Mr. Trump, but he was coordinating with his own super PACs, which is illegal, who totally control him. Ted Cruz is worse than a puppet. He is a Trojan horse being used by the party bosses attempting to steal the nomination from Mr. Trump. Other than that... Unity has returned to the Republican Party. Congratulations, uh, uh, Senator Cruz. Uh, and uh, there is actually something to his far less than gracious remarks, uh, to, to Trump's far less than gracious remarks. Um, the Republican Party is in a panic trying to figure out how to do away with Donald Trump. Incredibly, their only choice at this point seems to be Ted Cruz And uh, it's questionable, frankly, who would be worse for the party? Uh, The party despises Ted Cruz, as you know, and yet somehow they are trying to rally behind him, uh, at least to help him win enough delegates that it keeps uh, Trump from winning the required uh, number to uh, uh, win the nomination on the first ballot at the convention. Josh Marshall tweeted last night that uh, as U.S. created al-Qaeda in the process of undoing the Soviet Union, the GOP is creating Ted Cruz to stop Donald Trump. Yeah, it's kind of right. Sahil Kapoor, the uh, uh, Bloomberg reporter now, uh, Sahil uh, tells us uh, on the Twitters last night that uh, Wisconsin exit polling showed that 39 percent of Republicans would abandon, would abandon the GOP if Donald Trump is the nominee. And so you might say, well, no wonder the Republicans want to help do away with him. Except for the second part of Sahil's tweet, he's, he adds 35 percent would abandon the GOP if the nominee is Ted Cruz. So there's that. That's going well on the Republican side. Meanwhile, over on the Democratic side, it was, uh, frankly, a landslide. 56.6% for Senator Bernie Sanders uh, to Clinton's 43.1%. 
uh, for Hillary Clinton. Uh, that is a 13 and a half point win for Bernie Sanders. That would be called a landslide if it was uh, if it was the presidential election in November. Bernie Sanders has now won seven of the last eight nominating contests, which is kind of extraordinary. Uh, he picked up some 13 delegates over Hillary Clinton in Wisconsin on Tuesday night. So now the difference in the uh, between the two, the gap between the two in the non-superdelegate count. Put those aside, because frankly, I don't care about the superdelegate counts. They're frankly meaningless. They are unpledged uh, uh, delegates. They don't even cast their vote until the convention in Philadelphia this summer. So uh, the, the only uh, votes really here that matter, the only delegate counts that really matter, uh, are the actual pledged delegates. That number, that difference now between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton, she is still leading. It's still going to be very difficult for Bernie Sanders to catch up, but her lead is now just 209 delegates by the best count. And you got to look hard to figure out what that count is. But uh, her lead is now just 209 over, uh, over Bernie Sanders. He has shaved about 100 delegates from her more than 300-delegate lead over just the past two weeks. Uh, and that is with uh, another 14 delegates up for grabs this Saturday in Wyoming, uh, at the Democratic caucuses up there, and then some 247 total pledged delegates up for grabs uh, thereafter in New York alone. Just, uh, what is that, about two weeks, New York alone. Uh, so the difference right now, 209 delegates. There are 247 up for grabs in New York in, in about two weeks. And then nearly 400 delegates are up for grabs the week after in Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, uh, Rhode Island and Pennsylvania on April 26th. And then nearly a thousand a thousand delegates are still up after that uh, in, in the two months that follow in May and June. Some 475 delegates available out here in California alone on June 7. Of course, because Democrats um, uh, parcel them out uh, according to how many, uh, you know, essentially according to uh, the, the popular vote in the primaries and in the caucuses, uh, it's going to be still very, very difficult for Bernie Sanders uh, to catch her unless he also continues to have these kind of landslide wins in places like New York and California. In any event, it, this looks like it's going to take a while again, again on the Democratic side because voters are having the temerity to, you know, offer an opinion about who they believe ought to be the, uh, the, the nominee for the Democratic Party. Speaking from Laramie, Wyoming, on Tuesday night, where Democrats will, as I said, caucus this Saturday, Bernie Sanders spoke about momentum. What momentum is all about. Momentum is starting this campaign 11 months ago and the media determining that we were a fringe candidacy. Momentum is starting the campaign 60 to 70 points behind Secretary Clinton. Momentum is that within the last couple of weeks, there have been national polls which have had us one point up or one point down. Momentum is that when you look at national polls or you look at statewide polls, we are defeating Donald Trump 
by very significant numbers. In national polls and in state polls, our margin over Trump is wider than is Secretary Clinton. With our victory tonight in Wisconsin, we have now won seven out of eight of the last caucuses and primaries. And we have won almost all of them with overwhelming landslide numbers. That was Bernie Sanders in uh, Laramie, Wyoming, uh, Tuesday night at his uh, victory announcement uh, following his uh, huge win up in Wisconsin. Sanders went on to offer kind of moving comments, frankly, about how history has taught him that thinking big is the way to go. He cited, uh, just by way of one example, uh, one that we discussed yesterday on this program, on the broadcast uh, with my guest, uh, the idea that a $15 an hour minimum wage, that was simply unthinkable. It was unheard of. It was unthinkable. It was impossible just a few short years ago. And then fast food workers said, no, I don't think it is impossible. And they started going out on strike and they started demanding it with the uh, with the fight for 15 movement. And sure enough, this week, both California, which, as my uh, my guest noted yesterday, employs one out of eight workers in the entire country uh, here in California and as well in New York, New York State. Both of them this week signed legislation into law to mandate a $15 an hour wage. Impossible. Could never happen just a year or two ago. But guess what? It did happen because people demanded it. History, uh, said Bernie Sanders, uh, teaches us to think about uh, to think big about those possibilities. For her part, Hillary Clinton, uh, by 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 some contrast with Donald Trump, she was quite graceful in her response to uh, Bernie Sanders win last night. She tweeted, congrats to Bernie Sanders on winning Wisconsin. To all the voters and volunteers who poured your hearts into this campaign, forward uh, H. She signs her tweets H when she's actually written them. So that was uh, her gracious response to uh, to Sanders' victory. Uh, but n- no sooner did uh, she offer that than uh, Jordan Cheriton, who's been uh, who was covering Wisconsin for uh, our friends over at the Young Turks, uh, noted that CNN is reporting Hillary Clinton changing strategy. Instead of trying to unify the party, she will now try and dismantle Bernie Sanders. Now, I did not see that report on CNN, so I got to go what, uh, with what uh, uh, Jordan noted here. But um, indeed, uh, the reports today and some of the interviews that have come out since Wisconsin from Hillary Clinton suggest exactly that. Uh, when she was asked whether she believes if Senator Bernie Sanders is a Democrat in an interview for Politico on Wednesday morning, Hillary Clinton said, well, I can't answer that. He's a relatively new Democrat. And in fact, I'm not even sure he is one. He's running as one. So I don't quite know how to characterize him. Later in the interview, Clinton described her frustration with how Bernie Sanders has characterized her during the Democratic presidential primary. She said, uh, there is a persistent organized effort to misrepresent my record. And I don't appreciate that. And I feel sorry for a lot of the young people who are fed this list of misrepresentations. 
Not sure what those misrepresentations are, but there you go. Uh, She said, uh, I know that Senator Sanders spends a lot of time attacking my husband, attacking President Obama. I haven't heard him attack President Obama. I've heard him be critical over the years about certain things, but I've heard him, by and large, supporting President Obama. So, correcting the record here. She said, I rarely hear him say anything negative about George W. Bush, who I think wrecked our economy. Well, apparently she hasn't been paying attention uh, because I have heard Bernie Sanders over the years be one of the absolute loudest and strongest uh, critics of George W. Bush and the Republican Party. And as I've said before, I am not uh, an endorser of Bernie Sanders, but I do try to come on here and correct the record Uh, If she has not heard him say anything negative about George W. Bush, I don't think she's listening. Uh, She also then uh, doubled down a little bit later in a uh, in another interview. She said, uh, uh, well, I, I think he himself doesn't consider himself to be a Democrat. During an interview on MSNBC's Morning Joe, she said, uh, look, he's raised a lot of important issues with uh, that the Democratic Party agrees with income inequality, first and foremost. But it's up to the Democratic Party. I'm sorry, Democratic primary voters to make that assessment. Well, the Democratic primary voters seem to be making that assessment. Clinton also said that she has been in the trenches for a long time and believes in electing Democrats up and down the ticket. Now, if we look at the exit polls from Wisconsin, in fact, they show uh, that when it came to Democrats, Democrats who turned out to vote, it was an open uh, open primaries up in Wisconsin, According to the uh, exit polls here, Clinton and Sanders split in Wisconsin among self-identified Democrats literally 50-50, 50% on the Democrats. The difference and what boosted Bernie Sanders apparently to his uh, to his win in Wisconsin was that independent voters went for Bernie Sanders 72% to 28%. For Hillary Clinton. And this is an argument that Bernie Sanders has been making, that he will bring uh, Democratic, uh, not just Democrats to the polls, but also independents, uh, moderates, even conservatives. And in fact, there seems to be some evidence of that as well from these exit polls, at least out of the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Bernie Sanders won both the liberal vote, the people who identify themselves as liberals. He, he beat Hillary Clinton 59 to 40 percent in Wisconsin, um, which, you know, maybe that's expected. People think, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders is, is to the left. He's far more liberal, et cetera, than than Hillary Clinton. OK, fair enough. So he won 59, 40 there. He also won amongst those who consider themselves moderate or conservative. It was a bit closer, but it was 51 to 49 percent in that regard. But that's the argument that he has been making, and uh, there continues to be evidence uh, uh, coming in uh, to to support that notion that, in fact, Bernie Sanders would win not only the Democratic vote, but also uh, pull in a lot of moderates, a lot of so-called conservatives um, in the uh, in the general election race in November if he is the nominee. Uh, this race, as I said, not unlike the GOP race, shows no sign of ending anytime soon, no matter how much the corporate media has been pretending that there is no contest here at all. 
And that the GOP fiasco was the only uh, contested race and uh, the only potential contested convention. Uh, as I go to air here, I'm, I'm get, I got a note from uh, listener Fred G. And you can send me email as well, bradcast at bradblog.com. He says the way they've been covering this is an example of corporate media and what is wrong with U.S. journalism today. Fred says, uh, Fred G says, if Hillary Clinton had won seven contests out of eight, including Wisconsin, the media would be using phrases like surge, momentum, path to victory and similar terms. But since it was Bernie Sanders who did this, who won the last uh, seven out of the last eight contests, the corporate media is in a scramble to minimize what he has done. An objective approach to the race would yield very different reporting. I agree. And to that end, while I have been accused of being a Bernie Sanders uh, uh, supporter, uh, I believe I'm covering this more objectively than the corporate media is. And uh, by the way, I don't believe any of us are objective. I don't believe there's any such thing as objectivity when it comes to reporting. I don't believe there's uh, any such thing as neutrality when it comes to reporting. The difference is, you know where I stand and uh, you don't necessarily know where the corporate media stands, as we discussed yesterday on on the program concerning uh, MSNBC and Hillary Clinton. And uh, that comment that they gave me uh, about the fact that on Rachel Maddow's show, they showed only this poll showing Hillary Clinton up by six uh, on the eve of the Wisconsin primary, when, in fact, uh, Bernie Sanders was leading on almost all of the polls uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, and now they responded later to say it was a, t- a technical error uh, and that one that they corrected for the online version of the uh, of, of Rachel's show. Um, but, you know, yeah, they own uh, they have clearly seemingly had their thumb on the scale for a long time for Hillary Clinton. I've heard some people say, well, Hillary Clinton, she gave a uh, uh, did a fundraiser. Uh, and and uh, hosted by one of the folks, I can't remember, the CEO of, of, of Comcast who owns MSNBC. I, I don't know if that is true or not. And I don't know, frankly, if MSNBC is purposely putting their thumb on the scale for Hillary. But that is certainly how their reporting has come across, because if they spent even half as much time covering uh, covering the Democratic race, covering uh, the party that is most likely uh, to win the White House uh, or later this year, if they spend even half the time covering that race as they do the the, the Republican race, then maybe the MSNBC would be as liberal as uh, Republicans pretend that they are, that Republicans pretend enjoying that they are. You know, again, this is going to be very difficult for Bernie Sanders, but. Uh, But this should be covered. This should be covered at least half as much as the Republican race is covered in the corporate media. Now, it's not unheard of. uh, You know, Bernie has been winning these uh, landslides uh, against the supposed frontrunner, winning seven out of eight uh, of the last contests against the supposed frontrunner in the Democratic Party. That is not unheard of. As Esquire magazine's Charlie Pierce pointed out to me last night, uh, Teddy Kennedy also won a bunch of late primaries and caucuses against President Jimmy Carter back in 1980 before Jimmy Carter went on to win the nomination anyway. And uh, then, by the way, ended up losing in the general to Ronald Reagan. And in fact, Hillary Clinton herself won a bunch of late contests 
in 2008 against Barack Obama, who by that time had become the front runner, uh, if only barely at that point. But this thing is still a contest, even if the corporate media has not treated it like one from day one. Uh, and even up through last night, when all they could do was talk about the GOP mess. The voters are trying to speak. Uh, they are being heard, at least at the ballot box and at the caucuses. But it's amazing how long it is still taking for the corporate media to finally figure all of that out. Thankfully, voters don't uh, really much seem to be listening to them at all. So that's good. They're going out and doing what they do and trying and trying to cast a vote in this uh, in this entire fine mess. And they were trying like hell in Wisconsin to do exactly that. I will explain that and much more from Election Day uh, on Tuesday straight ahead. And maybe, maybe if I'm lucky, some of your calls at 818-985-5735. This is the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. The long and winding road Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. It was a long and winding road for a lot of voters simply trying to exercise their right to vote uh, on Tuesday in Wisconsin. I'll get to some of those problems momentarily. And like I say, if I'm lucky, some of your calls at 918-985-5735. Okay, Um, I'm already going to throw over a a couple of things and push them back to tomorrow's broadcast. But very quickly, there was a a, a big race for the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin uh, on Tuesday as well. And uh, state Supreme Court Justice Rebecca Bradley, who had been recently appointed by Republican Governor Scott Walker, her old school chum, uh, they were friends from school back in, I think, Marquette. Um, She was elected to a a 10-year term on Tuesday. This is the first time I believe that she actually won. Up till now, Walker has been appointing her. She was appointed to some three different judgeships in Wisconsin, Uh, Over the past few years since Walker has been in power. So she was elected to a 10 year term overcoming a challenge from appeals judge Joanne Kloppenberg. She overcame uh, criticism that dominated headlines for days about her college writing, calling gays queers. (laughs) 
comparing abortion to slavery and dubbing voters as stupid or evil for electing Bill Clinton president in 1992. Once again, she is a Wisconsin state Supreme Court justice. She uh, benefited from about $3 million in spending uh, by right-wing groups out there, uh, actually more than $3 million uh, from, from these uh, right-wing so-called outside groups. Uh, Kloppenberg uh, also got help, but only about 700000 in spending from uh, uh, one group supporting her. Um, just amazing. Uh, this was uh, the third appointment, as I said, that uh, Walker had given to Bradley in as many years after putting her on the Milwaukee County Circuit Court in 2012, the District One Court of Appeals in May of 2015, and then uh, just to the uh, Wisconsin State Supreme Court. Uh, during the campaign, Bradley had faced criticisms for columns and letters to the editor that she wrote when she was in college that were critical of gays uh, and referred to AIDS patients as, quote, degenerates who basically commit suicide through their behavior. She had apologized for those writings, saying that, oh, her, her views had totally changed over the years. Uh, she would not say, however, whether she stood behind other writings, such as likening abortion to the Holocaust. So Rebecca Bradley now goes on. Scott Walker's uh, appointment there, his old chum, to uh, have 10 years on the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. Now, how did that happen? Well, Republicans, uh, Wisconsin Republicans, uh, set a turnout record topping uh, their 1980 mark uh, which was just over 900,000. More than one million voters turned out uh, for on the Republican side, though that number, 1,072,619 to be exact, uh, that was almost identical, if just slightly, uh, slightly larger than the Democratic turnout. Uh, there was record numbers there as well on the Democratic side, just over one million reportedly uh, turned out. At least uh, the, the, their votes were counted. I don't know that that uh, more than one million actually includes all of the provisional ballots that were cast by those who didn't have the new photo ID now required under Scott Walker and state Republicans. A new law meant to disenfranchise voters namely Democratic voters. So uh, a lot of people had to cast provisional ballots if they did not have the uh, the type of photo ID that is now required under uh, under Wisconsin law for the first time in a major uh, election on Tuesday uh, or and or those who, you know, also weren't counted were those who didn't bother to turn out and vote at all because they thought they didn't have the right ID. Uh, either they didn't have it or they thought they didn't have it, so they didn't bother to go out at all, uh, or by those who simply could not afford to wait in hours-long lines. Once again, as we saw in Wisconsin, those lines, uh, thanks in no small part to the uh, to the new ID requirements, which held people up specifically, uh, particularly, I should say, in uh, in college towns. Now, I want to I'll give you some details on that in a moment, but I want to correct uh, my friend Tom Hartman. I heard him earlier on the show describing provisional ballots as placebos, that they are not counted at all. That is not true. They are counted, not at the same rate as regular ballots, uh, because there's a lot more reason to throw out provisional ballots. For example, if you cast in uh, Wisconsin, if you cast a provisional ballot on Tuesday because you did not have the type of photo ID 
required to cast a regular ballot, you still have time to get your vote counted. You have to get this photo ID, the type of photo ID they uh, they are now requiring, and you have to get it to your uh, uh, to your county headquarters uh, by Friday. But you can still do it. You can still fight to have your vote counted. So uh, Tom was uh, was wrong there. I take his point uh, that they are not counted at the same rate. But no, provisional ballots uh, can and are counted in many cases. So if you get to the polls anytime this year and they say, oh, we don't find you here on the, the list, you're not registered and you know, yes, I am registered. Uh, well, they'll say, well, you can vote provisionally. Do it. Do it. It may or may not be counted. But it certainly won't be counted if you don't cast your provisional vote. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, this mess that we saw in Wisconsin, (sighs) this mess once again in Wisconsin, uh, and we knew this was coming. I've been talking about it for weeks, months, years, frankly. So we knew this was coming. And yes, in fact, it did come. According to Emily Lonergan, uh, who was my guest on the broadcast earlier this week in advance of this, she's with the Legal Coordination uh, Committee of the Wisconsin Election Protection Group. Um, uh, I, I heard from her this morning. She said we had long lines and exceptionally long lines at student polling places throughout the state. Marquette, University of Wisconsin, Green Bay, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, uh, UW-Eau Claire, for example. She said we also had uh, quite a bit of confusion regarding voter identification, both on the part of poll workers asking for proof of residence, which was not required, Proof of residence uh, if the address on the ID did not match uh, registered voters address or not accepting valid forms of ID, such as tribal IDs, for example, as well as on uh, problems, uh, confusion on the part of voters who were not sure of what qualified as a valid ID. She says, hopefully we are able to help correct some of these issues before November, which, of course, will have even higher voter turnout than yesterday's election. All of these problems that we've been reporting on the broadcast now for weeks, for months during this primary process. Multiply that by five, by ten, actually, and then multiply it by 50, because all of the states will be voting at the same time in November on Election Day. No, I am not looking forward to it. But I am trying to warn you about it. High uh, student turnout in places like Marquette University in Milwaukee. They had two-hour lines to cast a vote. The last vote was cast there uh, finally about two hours after the polls closed on Tuesday night. And I will add, long after most of the corporate media outlets had already announced their projected winners. People were still in line trying to vote And the corporate media was already saying, well, it's Ted Cruz in a landslide. Well, it's Bernie Sanders in a landslide. Go home. No reason to to stay in line for that vote. But those two-hour lines that a lot of these students were waiting in to vote, that was already after they had waited in yet another line to try to get a new photo ID yesterday. Since uh, the new law did not accept most of the IDs that are issued by the state-accredited colleges and university in Wisconsin. So students were lining up for an hour to get an ID, to try to get an ID that would allow them to vote, even though they already had an ID, but it was just one that was not acceptable. So they waited an hour for their ID, and then they would wait for two hours to vote. 
UW-Madison issued, uh, what was it, as of 3 p.m. yesterday, uh, more than 3,000 voter ID cards. Uh, Nico Savage with the Wisconsin State Journal said that the the office was uh, about 20 people deep at the time he was uh, reporting that yesterday, around 3 o'clock. Our old friend Ari Berman from The Nation said that when polls closed uh, last night, there were still 240 students in a two-hour line at Marquette University. That's uh, Scott Walker's old school, the school that he never graduated from, by the way. So there was uh, nearly a two-hour line. Uh, the last voter at Marquette cast their ballot at 9.45 Central Time. That was after polls had closed at uh, 8 p.m., so almost two hours later. <sighs> Man, it, it, it infuriates me. Absolutely infuriates me. Can you tell? But I'm easily infuriated, so I guess that's not hard. Um, Marquette uh, students were also showing electronic proof of enrollment. They didn't only have to have a photo ID. They had to show proof of enrollment and proof that they were paid up along with these IDs. And then when they were showing them that, uh, when they went to vote at Marquette for uh, part of the day, this happened at several schools. Um they were being turned away because they were saying, no, 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 we, we can't have it in electronic electronic. It has to be paper, which Wisconsin Election Protection uh, noted yesterday that this was absolutely wrong. They cited the uh, Government Accountability Board in Wisconsin, which uh, the nonpartisan group that currently oversees elections in Wisconsin, they won't anymore as of uh, June. Thanks again to the Republicans. But uh, no, the uh, the GAB had said no. Uh, electronic documents for proof of residence are perfectly fine. They can be presented to election officials as proof of residence uh, for these uh, folks going to college uh, who, who had to prove that they were going to college in uh, in Wisconsin. Man, so they had to uh, they could present it on smartphones, tablets, other electronic devices and so forth. But they were being turned away uh, for a while. Uh, so God love the heroes, frankly, the heroes uh, who stood in line, who tolerated those lines, the students out there who did so with good cheer and good spirit in order to try to cast their vote, even though many of them had to skip class to do it, even though many of them had to fall out of line because they couldn't skip class, they had to go back. All of this to prevent to to prevent these this law in order to prevent so-called voter fraud, voter impersonation fraud that doesn't exist, that the Republicans who passed this law could not cite even one incident of a case of fraud that would that in the history of Wisconsin that might have been deterred by this photo ID, uh, by this photo ID law that was passed by Republicans on purpose in order to keep Democrats from being able to cast their vote. And it worked. And it worked. And it will likely work up in the uh, important swing state of Wisconsin this November as well. But, of course, they pretend it's about voter fraud. They pretend. Unless you catch them in an unguarded moment, like Congressman Glenn Grothman, Republican from uh, Wisconsin's 6th District. I believe he was actually in the, uh, in the state legislature when they passed this law back in 2011. Uh, But it was only uh, put in place, only enacted or implemented, I should say, on Tuesday in a major election for the first time. Congressman Glenn Grothman was asked about it, asked, oh, how is it that uh, Republicans can possibly win Wisconsin, which has gone to Democrats year after year after year? How can they possibly win it? 
this November. Here was Congressman Grothman's explanation. Well, I think Hillary Clinton is about the weakest candidate the Democrats have ever put up. And now we have photo ID, and I think photo ID is going to make a little bit of a difference as well. Oh, you think it's going to make a little bit of a difference? How's it going to make a little bit of a difference, Congressman? By keeping Democratic-leaning voters from being able to cast their lawful legal vote? Or is it by uh, stopping all of that voter fraud? which you have zero, literally zero evidence to support. So, you know, other than that, other than, uh, you know, trying to help them win elections, other than that, Republican photo ID uh, restrictions, they're they're just meant to curb, curb fraud. Fraud that doesn't exist. At least not at the polling place. At least not by voter impersonation. All right, a quick break. And uh, yeah, I know, I'm running long. Quick break. Am I going to get to calls? I'll try. Well, we'll see. Hang on. If you're on the line, hang on. Let me see if I can get to you. And Desi Doyd in the Green News Report. You're up next. This is the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to the Bradcast. That, of course, is Desi Doyen's siren song. Hey, Des. Uh, do I have hey. time? Uh, you're in charge here. Do I have time to get to a, a very yeah, quick call? Or should I do it after the Green New? What do you think? Uh, you have time to get to them if you're quick. I, I didn't even get to uh, St. Louis and the cluster mess that happened in St. Louis County. I'll have to do that if I can on tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's Bradcast. All right, let me, let me do... Uh, well, let me do one very, very quick one. Uh, we'll see how quick they are. Uh, hey, Mike in Lomita, welcome to the Bradcast. What's on your mind, Mike? Hi, Brad. I just wanted to warn everybody for what's coming. Remember Governor Dean when he was running for president? Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to break up media consolidation and prevent media monopolies, and he got sabotaged by the scream, which was actually a distortion, right. media, an audio distortion of what he actually did. Right. The same thing will be happening with Bernie over and over again from now on, now that he is clearly a serious threat to the establishment. Uh, fair enough. And, and, and it has been happening to Bernie. I mean, they have been, you know, playing him uh, as a clown, as the wacky professor for, for months now. Yeah. When he announced Judy Woodruff on PBS actually left at it. Uh, when he announced that he would be running? Right. Yeah. On the news hour. Yeah. I'm not now, surprised. Now they're taking him seriously. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if they are yet. We will see. They should. The voters are, and those are the people who I listen to. They are my boss. Uh, thanks, Mike. I appreciate your call a lot. Uh, 818-985-5735. Yeah, I do have time. A, a comment uh, via email uh, comes from uh, Betty's. Uh, let's see, to bradcast at bradblog.com. Uh, she says, uh, presuming Betty's is a she, um, I agree corporate media is shilling for Hillary. Bernie or bust is real this election. It is very important, but I will not vote for Hillary no matter what. She is not trustworthy. That's, uh, oh, actually, I see the, the person's name here. In any event, we'll, we'll call them Betty's. Um, that, uh, uh, my opinion, that's really stupid. <laughs> That's really stupid. Uh, if you, if, unless you presume that uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump are trustworthy, because that's who wins 
if a Democrat doesn't win or unless there's some third party that emerges, uh, maybe Jill Stein will catch fire for the Green Party. I'd be delighted to see it. Uh, But to say you're not going to vote for Hillary if she becomes a nominee over Bernie because Hillary is not trustworthy. uh, Okay, fair enough. That's your right. Um, Weigh the options when you get to the general election, I I guess. You just ain't paying attention to, uh, you know, what the other option is. So I think that's kind of silly. Let me do. Do I have time for one more? Let me do very one quick. Uh, Morris, Earl from Mo in Long Beach. Hey, Morris, welcome to the broadcast. Very quickly, what's on your mind, sir? Brad, how can you be talking about voter suppression and not bring him Carl Rove's name? And also, check out this guy that started the Heritage Foundation, the speech he gave. They don't want everybody participating in voting, and that's why you got these voter suppression ideas. Yep, you're talking about Paul. Yeah, you're ta- thanks, Morris. And thanks for being so quick about it. I, I, really, I know. He's good. Uh, he's talking about Paul Weyrich, of course, uh, who, who started up the, uh, the American Legislative Exchange Council, the Heritage Foundation, along with the, uh, with the Koch brothers. All these right-wing front yep. groups that have been pl- deployed this agenda of voter suppression. They were the ones who have been pushing this They started. All they've been doing along, it. And uh, that uh, recording he's uh, talking about is Paul Weyrich admitting it out loud, saying, uh, you know, these good government people, they want all of their voters to vote. I don't want everyone to vote. Uh, our, our chances in the elections go up when the voting populace goes down. He said that out loud. I think it was 1980 or 1984. They play the long game. Uh, they do play the long game. They do play the long game. So those people who says, oh, I'm getting rid of uh, I, I, Bernie or bust. Uh, those people who say that uh, aren't paying attention to who it is or whom it is they are dealing with, frankly. Uh, okay, let's get to it. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to just tune in to tomorrow's broadcast to get more. But uh, let's get to it. our latest Green News report. We can see from thousands to tens of thousands additional heat-related deaths in the United States each summer. New report finds climate change is going to kill a lot of Americans. The Keystone Pipeline springs a leak. Good news and bad news for California's epic drought. Another heat wave hits Alaska. Plus... If a vehicle is spewing toxic gas, that's obviously bad for your health. Customers flock to Tesla's Model 3, which doesn't even exist yet. All of that flocking and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Every night on the news now, it's all—it's like a nature hike through the book of Revelation. Well, maybe so, Al Gore, but at least Americans are getting some exercise. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, so climate change is going to kill people and the Keystone Pipeline has sprung a leak. Who could have possibly predicted those things? (laughs) Well, apparently uh, the United States federal government. Man-made climate change is going to kill a lot more Americans as heat wave, droughts, and diseases increase. That's the conclusion of a sweeping new scientific assessment from the U.S. Global Change Research Program. That's a joint effort by federal science agencies to help governments prepare for these impacts. At a news conference on Monday, White House Science Advisor John Holdren said he was most taken aback by the risks posed by heat-related illnesses and death. In some parts of the world, you see the likelihood that in the hottest times of the year, it will be simply physiologically impossible to work outdoors. That means agriculture, that means construction, 
people who try to work outdoors uh, will basically be unable to control their body temperature and will die. Well, most importantly, that won't affect oil company CEOs. They generally work inside. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Holdren also said the report projects that with middle-of-the-road emission scenarios, they estimate 27,000 Americans will die prematurely every year by 2100. That's 16 times current rates. Meanwhile, Alaska, right now, just recorded its first ever 70-degree temperature ever in the month of March. Alaska Dispatch News reports that Claywalk Airport in Southeast Alaska hit 71 degrees. That's a record high for the state for the entire month of March for any year ever recorded in Alaska. That's after a record warm winter that forced officials of the famous Iditarod dog sled race to once again import snow for parts of the route. Wow, with all of this horrific climate news, I'm sure the presidential candidates are debating what the hell to do about it nonstop. Well, not the Republican candidates, and the corporate media isn't asking any of them about it. Well, there's other more important things, like the size of Donald Trump's hands. Good news and bad news in California's historic epic drought. The state's mountain snowpack, its natural reservoir, just reached roughly normal in Northern California. That's despite a record-intense El Nino weather pattern in the Pacific Ocean. In Southern California, El Nino was a bust, delivering only half of the normal rainfall for the year, meaning water conservation restrictions will remain in place. So in the north, the snowpack is back to normal. That's good. Right. But down here in Southern California, we're in big trouble. Still, yes. TransCanada's proposed Keystone XL pipeline was rejected by President Obama, but the company on Monday confirmed it shut down a section of its older, existing, original Keystone pipeline due to a new pipeline leak found in South Dakota. It's only a couple hundred gallons, but more importantly, Canada's National Observer reports that a passerby discovered the leak. Now, if confirmed, that means TransCanada's vaunted automatic pipeline leak detection system failed to catch that leak. In North Dakota, about 200 Native American tribal members on horseback are protesting a proposed pipeline that would cross the Missouri River just a few yards from their tribal lands. The Standing Rock Lakota Sioux and four other tribal nations in North Dakota say that any leak on the proposed Dakota Access Pipeline will contaminate the river, their primary source of drinking water. Finally, it's a record for the auto industry. Nearly 300,000 people have reserved Tesla's newest long-range electric car. Wow. The Model 3, sight unseen. The most affordable Tesla yet, the base price of the Model 3, is expected to come in around $25,000 after federal tax rebates, which may be phased out by the time those customers receive their new car some two years from now. Wow. 300,000 people have bought the Tesla? That doesn't even exist yet? That's right. Man. But before unveiling that not-yet-existing Model 3, Tesla CEO Elon Musk explained why he's even bothering with an affordable car. It's because it's very important to accelerate the transition to sustainable transport. I mean, this, is, this is really important for the future of the world. Imagine that, a CEO who cares about not only selling his product, but about the future of the world. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report.
Do, has Elon Musk delivered our uh, our, our Tesla Model? No, Model 3 no, yet he hasn't. He hasn't free. talked to us yet. What? <laughs> I know it's terrible. <sighs> but How it's, many it's, nice things can we say about him and his cars that he hasn't given us one? I have a I feeling a, a quid... lot of people say nice things about his cars, I, expecting one. Yeah, I expect quid pro quo. That's, I've heard about these quid pro quo <laughs> things. Anyway, uh, that's, not for public radio. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, to repeat the story uh, that was breaking t- uh, today, this afternoon, that we did not, uh, weren't able to get into uh, time into our Green News report that we'll cover again tomorrow. And in our, our next Green News report, a federal judge on Wednesday has sentenced former Massey Energy Chief Executive Officer Don Blankenship. To the maximum one year in prison, one year of supervised release, and a $250,000 fine uh, in response to what was the misdemeanor conspiracy to willfully violate mine safety standards at the Upper Big Branch Mine in West Virginia, where an explosion killed 29 men in 2010. The worst mining accident in 40 years. And uh, a lot of people forget about it because just, what was it, days later? This was in uh, March of, of 2010. Days later is when the uh, the, the horizon... The, the uh, Deepwater Horizon, Deepwater horizon. offshore oil rig, BP's oil rig, exploded and killed 11 men and led to the world, uh, the nation's uh, worst oil spill in history. Yeah. And that came on its heels. So it was a big story up in uh, Upper Big Branch, obviously with 29 killed at the time. But then when uh, when the Gulf of Mexico exploded, uh, everybody stopped noticing uh, and stopped noticing Don Blankenship, who is this, uh, frankly, crazy right winger, uh, a huge right winger. He looks like Snidely Whiplash yeah, made real. Yeah, right. He absolutely does. Uh, but uh, he will be going to jail unless he appeals it and pulls off some fresh trick. Uh, but only for a year. Killed 29 people. Yeah. Only only a year. West Virginia. Big coal. There you coal go. country. Big coal. We'll talk about it more uh, in upcoming shows. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, uh, to Gary in uh, today for G uh, as our engineer. Thank you, Gary. Uh, And also my thanks to you, as ever, the listeners, for your calls. Sorry I couldn't get to some of them, um, but we'll try again at another time. Also, thanks to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of this program or any other Bradcast, stop by bradblog.com, download it for free, or over at iTunes, uh, or over at kpfk.org, or anywhere else. Uh, drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. That's it. Until tomorrow when we will meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Hey.